the revelation of God. We who have walked in darkness, we who are not worthy of the salvation that the Lord has given us, but we have the blessing of being able to study his revelation and to know his truth. And his truth is not simply an abstract proposition, something that the Greeks might have understood or the Romans. His truth is a person. See, truth is personal. And the Torah, the scriptures, the holy writings are given to us so that we might go on in truth and grace, on to greater maturity, not lost, and also not immature, not stuck where we were when we are an infant in Christ. We're called to go on, to be mature, to learn more of him. We're going to be digging into some very solid content this morning. It's a joy to be able to share it with you. Open your hearts and your minds to hear the word of the Lord. Blessed be the word of the Lord. We'll start in Romans 12. I'll let the screen do what it can. Excuse me, in Romans 5, starting verse 12. There we go. 5, 12. I'm going to go pretty much line by line and at times word through word through this because it's going to take that sort of concentration to understand what Paul is saying here. In many ways it's simple and yet the simplicity of God oftentimes masquerades a whole universe of truth. He says, just as sin entered the world through one man and death resulted from sin, therefore everyone dies because everyone has sinned. That's Paul the logician speaking there. Let's start with that first revelation. First, sin entered the world through one man. Contrary to all of the comedians who joke about Eve and apples and other such nonsense. The fact is that the Lord attributes the entry of death into the world through Adam, not Eve. Eve, you see, was deceived. That's an entire different teaching. Adam wasn't. Adam made a deliberate choice. Perhaps sometime we'll talk about that. But the fact is that it was in Adam that all died. You have to understand that this tells us that all of us were implicit in Adam. Not merely Adam, but all who would proceed forth from Adam. All of us. We did not have to be there personally to sin. Adam did it for us. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> it, was, it was a transgression that he did 
that broke the entire human race, male and female. And so death entered at that point. We could spend months and months in the book of Genesis. And unfortunately, Genesis 1 through 11 is something that most Christians are so ignorant of, I hang my head in shame. But the fact is that we're told there that when Eve was in the garden with Nahash, Nahash, the Hebrew there uses the word, not, it's not serpent, Literally, the Hebrew word is nahas. It means the shining one. The shimmering one. And it was with nahas. Satan, the seducer himself, that she met. But it was Adam who, not being deceived, who ate, that plunged us all into death. Okay. The sign of our condition, there were, there were really two signs, because God had warned. He'd say, don't eat of this one tree. For in the day you eat of it, it's interesting, the literal Hebrew says this, we look at the King James, it says, you shall surely die. But in the Hebrew, it says, in the day you eat of it, dying you shall die. Dying you shall die. What does that mean? Two deaths. Two, not one, two. The first was an immediate spiritual death. What is death? Death is not a cessation of consciousness. Death is separation. To be separate from a thing is to die. If your spirit leaves your body, what happens to the body? It dies. It dies. It's a temple of the spirit. If the spirit is called by God, one hopes, the body dies. Separation. Separation. So there was an immediate separation. What kind of separation? Remember that in Genesis it talked about the fact that there was a nakedness there, right? They knew they were naked, etc., I'll meet you in the bushes. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was, let's put it this way. It wasn't that their eyes were opened and suddenly each one noticed the other one's woo-woo. which is fairly, a fairly common indication 
of the level of immaturity that we bring to the scriptures, the real ignorance we bring to the scriptures. It's not that they were running around physically naked and they just didn't notice until suddenly, bam, I noticed. Instant puberty. Wow. They were, no. The way to properly interpret this and understand this is that they saw that they were uncovered. They saw they were uncovered. Lose the naked. Uncovered. In the Psalms, it speaks of the fact that God is clothed with the light as with a garment. We know from 1 John chapter 1 that God is light and in him is no darkness whatsoever. When the universe was created, there was no darkness. It was created in light. I am the light of the world. In the new heavens and the new earth, there's no need for sun, moon, stars because the Lord himself is the light. In Genesis 1, verse 2, darkness arrives. Think about that. I won't go any further into that. I want you to understand that they saw they were uncovered. And this is a reflection on death. And we have to come to grips with death. And with first and second Adams to understand what Paul talks about here. God is clothed with light as with a garment. Every vision that we have of the glory of God. Is of the Shekinah. The glory of the complete and total holiness of God. That Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration had his face changed and shined brighter than the noonday sun and his garments shone forth with light. When Adam and Eve were created, they were clothed in light. If you had seen Adam and Eve before the fall, they would have glowed at you as Christ did. You would hardly be able to look at them. They were created in the image and likeness of God, and they shone forth with the glory of Elohim, God, of Adonai, the Lord. That is what they lost. You see, when Adam, we'll see who picks up on this. When Adam walked up to the situation between the hoss and the woman, he saw immediately she was gone. How did he know? Anyone, how did he know? The light was gone. She was now, and where have we heard this phrase before, walking in darkness. 
Literally. She was uncovered. Without going into it in detail, Adam deliberately chose to join the woman. He was not deceived. Adam chose the woman. The first Adam chose the woman. And a certain second Adam chose a woman as well. And accepted death. We call it the cross. His bride. To deliberately choose death and sacrifice for one's bride. Keep that in mind. So everyone dies. Everyone has sinned. Why? Because when Adam made the same choice, joining the woman, she kind of fled from him as well. That's the first, the first, the, the dying part. It's immediate. Immediate separation. Now they could no longer see God. Later we're told that they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. They didn't talk about seeing him. They didn't talk about seeing his glory. They'd already lost the ability to see him. And their reaction was shame. Not because of physical nakedness, but because they were no longer covered in the glory of the Lord. They knew they were walking in darkness now. And they very lamely tried to use sticks and bushes to cover this. Anything. By the way, how did the Lord deal with their sticks and stones and stuff that they were trying? He slew a lamb. The innocent for the guilty. He slew a lamb. He covered them in lamb's wool. The first lamb's blood was shed. The death of the first lamb was shed in the garden. They were covered by that. That has passed on to us. Everyone dies. If, if the Lord continues to tarry, or if, who knows, maybe you're driving home and there's that accident. This body of death will wear out and die. Furthermore, this body of death has been betraying you from conception forward. The body of death is the great betrayer. You can't escape it. All have sinned. Why? Because you're born in a body of death. We've talked about body, soul, spirit before. We have it in our, in our training series that you can find online. But the fact is that you're hopeless. You're helpless. And because you're helpless, you're hopeless. <laughs> In and of ourselves, there is no possible escape. But in Christ, all is forgiven. I stop, I say, are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, 
then all your sins have been placed as far away from God as the east is from the west. If you are not in Christ, you hang by a thread. That is a powerful truth. It is a truth that's imperative. It is the most important question in your life. The answer to Christ's question, which was, who do you say that I am? So, all die. Everyone sinned. We go on to the 13. Certainly sin was in the world before the law was given. But no record of sin is kept where there is no law. Well, that's strange. That's strange. Wait a minute. Well, that's actually historical truth, of course. The giving of the Torah under Moses was done in history quite a long while after the garden, correct? And so when God called his people out, who were supposed to be the channel of blessing and the teacher of nations about the grace of God. When he called them out of Egypt, they were given Torah. The word law is a lousy translation of Torah. Torah does not mean law. Torah means teachings. Torah means teachings. Law is one thing. Oh, yeah, here. If you see God as a judge and, and a police officer, someone just waiting to shoot you, that's one thing. If you see him as a teacher, you see Christ. You see Christ. He came as a teacher. When the law was given... that began a heightened level of responsibility. The Torah was a, a great revelation of God. Great revelation. But it was not intended. The 613 commands that were given to, by Moses, the Big Ten plus every one of the others, was not given so that they might construct checklists, so that they might achieve righteousness in and of their own strength. It was not given so that they could condemn others. The perfect mirror of Torah, which is what James talks about, the perfect mirror of Torah a mirror is given so that you see yourself. Not somebody else. It's not a window to look over there at those guys. The perfect mirror of Torah is so that you see yourself. So God gave Torah so that you might understand your need. Why did God give 613 commands that we cannot possibly keep? <laughs> to remind you that you cannot possibly keep them. You are sunk. If you look at the if you look at Torah, you can't do anything other than just collapse in hopelessness and despair. I can't do this. I can't do any of it. 
Christ sharpened it even further. He says, you've heard it said, you shall not murder. But I say, if you've even looked at your brother with hatred in your heart, you have already committed murder. Anybody here free of murder? No, you're not. That's the truth. No, you're not. Everyone is hated at some point in their life. Many times you've hated God. And felt pretty well justified in it, too. Read the book of Jonah. So, what Torah was given, when it was given to us, it was to, it was actually given to sharpen things. To make very, very, very clear what was sort of generally known. Certainly, Abel and Cain knew, knew about blood sacrifice. They knew about the slaying of the lamb. They knew about first fruits versus Passover. They knew about it. It was there. The one brother murdered the other one because he was very angry because he brought first fruits from his fields on Passover. Passover. You don't bring first fruits to Passover. I'll, I'll give you one of my lambs, said his brother. Then he killed him. Okay. But before the coming, they knew about sin and death. They knew that there was death there. Good grief they knew. But God in giving Torah said, let me show you specifically all the ways that are righteous and true in my eyes, which means that's all the ways that you fail. The main advantage of being in Israel was that you had Torah. The main disadvantage of being in Israel was that they ignored it. They trampled it underfoot. And what they did, we did. You have the scriptures too, don't you? We have the fullness of the scriptures. We have everything shown to us about Christ. The meaning of Torah. The Torah, the Lord said, is written about me. You think in Torah you have life. I tell you, Torah was written about me. Or as Leonard Cohen put it, very, very memorably in his song, The Future, I'm the little Jew that wrote the Bible. Salvation is of Israel. Not of anyone else. So, on comes the law. Here comes the record. Once that's given, now accountability grows. It was always there. People are sinning and people are dying. Paul made it clear. Pastor David talked about it earlier. Hey, the ones... There were those who sinned against the law and then there are the ones who sinned against their own consciences, their sense of right and wrong. It doesn't matter what you put out there. 
You're going to blow it. You are going to fail. You're going to violate everything that you know to be right, true, and beautiful all the time. I don't have to stick a knife into somebody to murder them. So you're stuck. If you're not in Christ, you are a walking dead person. Get it? Walking dead person. Every breath you're drawing is on borrowed time. And so, you must turn. Continuing. Okay, so there's the accountability increased. Now God is saying, well, you know more now. And in Christ, you know everything. And so now, the accountability is absolute. You have the scriptures. You're not sitting on them, are you? They're not acting as a paperwork or a paperweight, are they? You're accountable. He goes on and says, Nevertheless, death ruled from the time of Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the same way that Adam did when he disobeyed. You don't have to sin exactly the way Adam did. Adam did it for you. That body of death is critical for you to understand. <clears throat> we see it now when we look around at each other. This body will die. I don't care how young and fine you feel right now. This body will pass. Only in the resurrection or if we happen to be the generation that remains until the Lord returns. May it be so. Those, it's the only way out, is a new body. The body of the resurrection. We've been promised that when we are glorified that we will be like Christ. We will have the same body that Christ had, only it'll look like us. You have to really think this truth through. See yourself? If you're in Christ, you are what Jesus would look like if he looked like you. Literally. When you are glorified, when death passes from this body, there will be no more, any more war against the new spirit that you already had. You're born again. You already have the new spirit. The new spirit does not sin. But your body always does. Always. Read Galatians 5. Fact is that there's a constant war going on. What happens is in the, at the level of soul, you've got a constant turbulence going on. It's a, it's a troubled seashore with great storms happening. Because in comes a storm from the body of death, and the spirit of light does what it can to drive it back. Now, you, the spirit is either growing in maturity and driving back the darkness, or the darkness is coming on. That's your whole experience. That's every troubled thing that you've ever gone through in Christ is on that troubled shore. You didn't have to sin the way that Adam did. 
you sin the way that you sin. You're a very creative person. Notice that he goes on and says that he, that is Adam, is a foreshadowing of the one who is to come. That is, and Paul talks about this elsewhere in his writings, there are two Adams. There's the first Adam, there's the second Adam. The first Adam, everyone dies. As a matter of fact, we're going to see that Paul refers to this. The body of death comes through him. As a matter of fact, in Adam all die, a basic principle in Romans, at the very point of conception, at the very point that a child is conceived, the child is dying. There will be a certain number of divisions of cells in the course of the life. Maybe a little less, maybe a little more, doesn't matter. And then this body, which ought not to die, in many ways should not die, it was made to continue, will die. Because we have no choice now. You don't have to personally do it. You died in Adam. The first Adam died. And he foreshadows the one who is to come, the second Adam. In verse 15 he goes on and says, but God's free gift is not like Adam's offense. (laughs) Good thing. For if many people died as the result of one man's offense, notice the many, how much more have God's grace and the free gift given through the kindness of one man, Jesus the Messiah, been showered upon many people? Ah, now we begin to see something here. Yes, in Adam all die. The first Adam, all die. In the second Adam, those in him, they all live. If you are in the second Adam, if you are in the Lamb of God, if you are in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, then you have passed from death to life. Is your body going to continue to age? Yeah. And I can't do anything about ugly. Nope, I've lived it with, with it for many years. It's okay. The fact is that what you got is what you got. What you've done is what you've done. But if you are in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter. You have passed from death to life and death has no power over you. No power. And you should not fear it because the Lord himself says, don't be afraid. That's the most common commandment in the scriptures, by the way, is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I've overcome that. I've been near death myself twice in my life. I was never afraid. I tell you truly. I was very calm. Because I know that I am in Christ. You, in growing on to maturity, need to throw aside all the claptrap, all of the sin that so easily entangles you, all of the nonsense, all of the immaturity, and begin to go on to maturity in Christ and realize the eternal things, the true things, the things that are going to, that were and are and will be. 
Because Christ has overcome death, death has no power over us. We simply pass through it. We may not even remember dying. You simply are going to make a transition from one, one place to the second. One second, you're standing there smiling and forgetting about the fact that there's a train coming. And the next minute, you're looking around saying, wait, 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 what happened? Oh, look, there's the Lord. I think that happens a lot. I think a lot of people, people who die in their sleep, people who die suddenly in accidents and all sorts of other things, the ones slain in the womb, what, you think they have no life? That they have no standing before God? The children who die a few days old, those born with infirmities that limit them so, the things that they suffer, you think that God has no regard for them? Let the little ones come to me. For such is the kingdom of God. So, you don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. If you are afraid of death, you have not yet matured to the point of growing past that and seizing the promises of Christ as a real and living, immutable, unbreakable truth. Don't be a, We love the little children, but don't be a child if you're an adult. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Okay, so Adam brings death. Christ, the second Adam, brings life. That which was lost in the first Adam, not only regained in the second, far better in the second. That is, the glory that God has promised his people through Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is beyond what was initially given. It is the fullness of the glory. We will be like him, for we will see him as he is. To see him as he really is, is to be changed. Paul talked about this, 2 Corinthians but we beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed from glory into glory. As we behold the Lord, we become the very image that we were created to be even though we are sticks of wood snatched out of the fire. He is going to raise us up to the throne of princes. We are going to rule with him. We will judge fallen men. We will judge the angels. Right now, if you'll seize the opportunity, you're being trained to rule during the Lord's kingdom in the millennium. You're being, you're being trained as to what to expect in the new heavens and the new earth. If you will pay attention. If you will go on. The latest little thing that you're angry or frustrated about is not important. 
The little things that drive you nuts. The last argument you had with whoever. It's nothing. You need to go on in Christ to know the great shalom of God that passes all understanding. It can be achieved. The Lord promises it. Come to me. I will give you peace. I will give you the great calm of God who can look at all of the awful things that men do calmly. It is only when the day comes that he says, now. So many of us, and if you are in Christ, you are one of the ones he's referring to. This is God's grace showered on many people. He goes on and says, nor can the free gift be compared to what came through the man who sinned. Yeah, first Adam, yeah, we got some from him. What an inheritance. But you can't compare that with what we are given in the second Adam. No comparison at all. It completely blots away the death and darkness of the first Adam. We're translated from the kingdom of darkness, a child of wrath, into the kingdom of life, a child of grace and love. God loves his people. He will be with him forever. I will dwell in you and walk with you and you will be my sons and daughters. God actually rejoices in his people. It makes him smile. It gives him deep delight. God likes parties. God likes banquets. He intends that it be so forever. He goes on and says, For the sentence that followed one man's offense resulted in condemnation. That's the first Adam. But the free gift brought justification. And as Pastor David has pointed out, justification, that's actually the pang of a penalty. Okay, that we are justified not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ. You have no righteousness, me either. You have none. You is broke. The count's busted. You got a pocket full of lint. And nobody wants to loan you anything because you're a beggar standing by the freeway exit. That's who you are spiritually. But because of the justification of Christ, even, he says, after many offenses, Adam did one offense, boom. With us, we just, we're the ever ready, right? We're the bunny. We never run out. There's always some new sin or offense that I can come up with. Don't believe it? Go look in the perfect mirror of Torah. Oh, you must, you know this. Right? True? 
Anybody feeling particularly righteous this morning? In themselves? In Christ, you are completely righteous. God looks at you and he sees his son. Not only that, he sees his son's bride. The father is the best in-law you can have. And you must begin to regard him that way. He is adopting you into his family. He is building onto his great and glorious house. Rooms for us all. You already have a room with your name on it in this place. You are already seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You're not being pushed by your past. As I've said many times, you're being pulled by your future. You're already there. You just don't know it yet. You spend too much time remembering the past and not enough time remembering the future. Shift your gaze. Shift your vision. Don't be looking at the past. Don't be mired in regrets, shame, guilt tripping, and all the rest of that. Be illuminated by your future. Remember the future. You've been given the revelation. You can remember the future. Just quit looking that way and start looking this way. It is in the Hebrew what is called teshuvah. What in the Greek is called metanoia. And we call it repentance. Don't look that way. Into darkness. Look this way. Into light. Don't look to your left hand. Look to your right hand. The place of privilege and honor and blessing. He continues, for if through one man death ruled because of that man's offense, because of the first Adam, death ruled, whether a people had the law or not, death ruled, sin happened, the body of death was in operation, didn't matter if you didn't know his name, had no idea what Torah was or anything else, you're, you're dying because you sinned. When you get Torah, uh-oh, and look at all the many ways that I sin. There are many more ways to sin than I thought. And then in comes the final revelation of Jesus Christ, and oh, brother, does it take off. The people who hate Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our blessed Redeemer, hate him deeply. You know what my response is? The same as the psalmist. Do I not hate those who hate you? Ooh, that's hard. And yet, I must stand with the Lord. The children of the darkness are never going to join. They cannot cross. If they walk in darkness and are uncovered in the blood of the Lamb, they are dead. And they have no idea of 
They think it's cessation of consciousness. No, no, no. They're going to be very much aware. That's the worst. It's the worst possible horror you can imagine. To be alive and conscious and aware, but you don't know what your name is because you have no name. You don't remember what water is like. You can't recall food. And you are becoming uncomfortably acquainted with fire. It is literal, it is real. For if through one man death ruled because of that man's offense, how much more will those who receive such overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness rule in life because of one man, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, in whom the fullness of the Godhead itself resides bodily. The second Adam is the very God of God written in flesh. You see, this is the body of life. He brought with him the body of life. There was in him no sin. He, was, he wasn't tempted in the way that we think of temptation. It slid off because he had a body of life. He had the power to laugh at Satan. God's reaction to Satan's temptations in the wilderness could be easily summarized with, really? Is that the best you've got? Really? Your time is coming. It would have been better for you that you had never been created. Satan. Consequently, just as one offense resulted in condemnation for everyone, that's the first Adam again, so one act of righteousness results in justification in life for everyone. The second Adam, again, is the one who overcomes the death, the darkness, and destruction of the first Adam. For just as through one man's disobedience many people were made sinners, oh yeah, so also through one man's obedience many people will be made righteous. Again, the children of darkness, the children of life. The first Adam, the second Adam. I should be clear that I think the first Adam is going to be there too. Uh, I don't think Cain will be. Now the law crept in. Isn't that an interesting phrase in the ISV? It crept in so that the offense would increase. And I've explained what that is. That is, it's an increasing awareness. And as you become aware, you become accountable. You see? When God says, I'm going to tell you more, what that does, it makes you more accountable. Now, Things can be enumerated. Now we're not just talking about general death because 
you have a body of death and you do sin at whatever level and for whatever reason. Now he says, here are the specifics and you say, I can't do any of that. Or you make the mistake of saying, oh, this is a great checklist. Hey, you. See this? Oh, God, I thank you that you did not make me like that slimy sinner over there. I have kept the law. And that bomb has it. Fire from heaven, please. Okay, so it came so that the offense would increase. That is, the light got brighter and brighter. And all of a sudden, there's less and less place to hide. But where, and this is such a profound principle, where sin increased, grace increased even more. Okay? Yes, sin increased. Because there are some people that take the scriptures and say, yeah, that's a checklist. Look at all the fun things I can do. If I really want to make God angry, all I got to do is do these things. You think there aren't people like that? Maybe even you? Grace increased even more so that just as sin ruled by bringing death, sin ruled because it was attached to death. And people are afraid of dying. Don't be, but people are afraid of dying. If you're afraid of dying, you need to pray about that. You need to be thinking about that. You need to get past it. Here's my reaction to death. Been there twice. It has no power over me. There is no sting. Where There is no victory. Death has nothing. It has it with the children of darkness, but not with the children of light. Assuming the children of light turn on the light, read the book, and reflect continually about these things. Continually. So also grace might rule by bringing justification. Okay? Sin increases. Increase in death. Increase in transgression. But as grace increases, justification is given. God's justification to his people in faith in Jesus Christ, which results in eternal life through Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord, Adonai. So, here we have the two Adams, the results of sin and death on the one hand, but the redemption of God in the other. That which was done in the garden and brought fear and death and separation twice over. Because, remember, the first separation, immediate loss of the covering. The light's gone. The second death, your body. The spiritual separation was immediate. The bodily 
death would come later. Dying you will die. But since Christ has overcome, has covered us in his blood, that's the covering. And since he has promised us eternal life, that's the body. We are now covered in the glory of God. It will be revealed in the fullness of time. That is coming. It's coming very soon. So, Hadarim, brothers and sisters, reflect upon the Lord's truth. Remember what you have learned here. The two Adams, the two deaths, the life brought, the eternal life. Look forward to the light, not backwards, to the darkness. And give reflection on the fact that you must go on to maturity. If you are in Christ, don't be a child anymore. Don't be foolish. Don't noodle the same old stuff. It's thin gruel. You're way beyond eating breakfast cereal three times a day. Get on to the solid meat of the Lord and understand that this is what you've been called to. This is who you are in Christ. This is the meaning of the cross and of the resurrection, which is the seal of God. Eternal life will come. Not merely that Christ, a man without sin, died and shed his blood, but that he rose again. It's the resurrection that ultimately says, and you will rise with me. The promise of God is on it. It can never be defeated. May the Lord bless you all.